evening, listeners. Welcome to episode 69. Would you believe it? Ben, how are you this evening? What? It, oh my goodness, it is ridiculous, isn't it? It's it ridiculous. Is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so other than it being ridiculously hot, tonight we are going on to the hobby desk. We've been building things and we've given up with plastic glue. We're just using the heat to weld plastic models together. Um, then into 40k, uh, we're going to talk about Kill Team and how excited we are for that. It's all about triangles, circles, pentagons. There's one other symbol as well. Is it square? Don't know. Can't remember. Doesn't matter. Anyway, into the Age of Sigmar Dominion. We've had a chance to play some of AOS 3 uh, and we're going to get excited and talk about the upcoming Stormcast and Auric Warclans. Apparently they're good, somebody seems to think. The models are. Yeah. Into the community, where we'll go back to our shout-outs, and then finally the wilds, where by then we'll have hopefully decided what we're going to talk about. Pretty much <laughs> the average episode for the two Ps. It's great to be back. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you on the Hobby Desk. Hi guys and welcome to the Hobby Desk. Um, being a bit of a weird one for the last couple of months for us, moving, me moving shed and various other things, but we have got quite a lot to talk about actually. We've just discussed it. And it's funny how, isn't it, when you think, oh, I haven't done much hobby, and then you sit down and think, actually, actually I kind of have really, when you put it all together. I think that often happens if you don't finish a lot of hobby. Maybe. Yeah. That's what it is, isn't it? So like we've both just built loads of stuff and painted mm. bits and bobs and all sorts but we haven't um we haven't necessarily finished anything off so no. um that's what that's what happens there so do you want to uh do you want to have a chat about your because you've been just basically finding stuff around your hobby shed and making it into ruined buildings i think pretty much yeah so i think i spoke a little bit about this in the the last episode um but the hobby shed, one of the main things that it's allowed me to do is bring all my crap together in one place for the first time, well, since I could remember, to be perfectly honest. And over the years, I've, I love scenery. I absolutely love it. Um, so I, I buy it when it looks cool or I think, you know, I really, I really have to have that. And it, it, it really, I find it really hard because one of the things I find really hard is that when I was when I was a doctor on the wards, when I was a junior doctor, and in the last years of medical school, and I wasn't doing much hobby, they released all of those really cool pieces of scenery, like the big tower that you could stack up and turn into like, you know, like a oh, yeah, yeah. And um and they released the thing that they re-released for um uh Oh, help me out. The line portents. The line portents, yeah. The yeah. little kind of... With the observatory on it. And... Really happy to have a second chance to buy that. And there was loads of 40k stuff, like the gun turrets and oh, so much. And and I missed out on all that. Um, I'm kind of aware of it coming out when it came out, but I didn't buy much of it because, you know, I, I wasn't into the hobby, so I didn't, didn't think to do it. But 
what that's meant is that I've got like a load of generations. And I'm sure I've spoken about this before, but you're gonna have to listen to it again. Sorry, of all this scenery, and I've just been building it. I've just been having an absolute hoot. So I got like inspired putting together the um, Vertigo scenery for the 40 hours of 40k um, raffle, and um, and then I just went nuts. I've just gone absolutely nuts. I've put together like. At the moment, for the 40k, I've basically been salvaging bits and putting them together to make to make pieces of scenery. So the, the original City Fight stuff, it's called Cities of Death, for those, if you want to Google it. And I think there was the Administratum, the Basilicum, and the Mechanicum building. So there's three separate buildings, basically, yeah. you know, basically the same, all interchangeable, but gave you three kind of themes. And um, the cool stuff about using salvage bits is you can just hack that crap up. You know, it's, it's already a bit of a mess anyway. You can get the clippers and pull yeah. it apart and, you know, have a real old like, go of it. And, um, of course, when I come to actually paint it, I'm going to give it like a, a grit wash and I'm going to make it look absolutely horrendous because it's, you know, my mind is that it is in, it's right in the middle of the wall. You know, it's not, it's not just been damaged. It is absolutely ruined. Mm. And um, so I had a load of fun doing that. I've still got the, the brand new stuff that I bought to put together, but I've been puzzling over how to fit them on. And I'm sorry that Dan has had to listen to this so many times, but how to fit them on the, the um, <laughs> Sector Imperialis board, because actually it doesn't seem to me that that board has been made to fit anything on perfectly. And I really cannot stand floating scenery. And by that, I mean, when you put a piece of scenery on a board and there's a gap underneath and it just looks like it's hovering, it destroys the, the immersion for me. So I've been trying to work out a way of doing it. And I think I've come to the conclusion. I had my first idea was to build the scenery on bases with like a raised lip that would fit on the sections of the periodalis board. But I've changed my mind slightly down. I was going to say, that was the last thing you said yeah. to me about doing. I have changed my mind. So what I'm going to do is some of them will be on a fixed board if I want to have more rubbery detail. But otherwise, I'm going to use that little plastic sort of edger that you do. So oh yeah, Dan, yep. Dan just puts a thin piece of plastic underneath that comes out from the edges a little bit so you can put some sand or something around to blend it into the base. And then I'm going to build for the board like little wooden plinths out of MDF to go onto the places where these buildings can go. And that means I can just put things like the Forge World buildings onto those locations, just on top of the wooden prints. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so much more versatile. It means, means having to do extra work to get the Sector Imperialis board to work for what I want it to work as. But I think it's worth it. I really do. Um, to, to escape floating scenery syndrome, which I just can't. I just can't. I I'm really can't. I can't. <laughs> really jealous that because I, I don't know if you remember well you probably do remember the so when kill team came out obviously the box contained loads of great terrain didn't it really good really really good value I actually bought two of them just for the terrain yeah and I tried to but by the time I got to it it was too late and it was it was it was all out of stock and and it didn't come back um but now to further compound that issue, um, 
they don't make that terrain anymore. They don't. They, it's not for sale on the website anymore. No, we noticed which is, this. It's just, it's just gutting. Um, mm. Because, and the, it's interesting, really, because scenery is one of those things that it's, it's like a secondary project, and you, you sort of buy it up. I'm not a bit like you. I've got, I've got loads of boxes of, of terrain because I've had this idea and that idea. But it's another example of where sometimes the hobby moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. that it can be hard to a keep up financially but b keep up like time wise so like i mean and space yeah and space i mean you i know that you will make the cities of death stuff look ace but but the cities i had cities of death stuff that like got superseded before i even got to it um and actually the terrain now is falling into the same place as the miniatures uh armies where it's getting replaced you know quite quite quickly because that that kill team stuff hasn't been out that long and i don't see i cannot see a reason why they've got rid of it it's it's very good it's far more versatile than the verticus stuff it allows you to build buildings in all manner of shapes and sizes that the verticus stuff does not allow you to do it's got floor sections in that allow you to quite literally build a whole floor it's got columns it's got statues it was just an excellent set, and I cannot see why they've stopped it. I can I only imagine it comes back to like product inventory, and they maybe they've just made a decision that, based on the kind of production values and and t- money tied up in stock, etc., they will only have X number of line product lines of scenery, product codes for scenery, uh, and therefore, in order to make new, they get rid of old as an example that's just conjecture i don't know that um obviously i don't know that um but hey ho it's uh good to hear though that you are building some cool scenery well yeah that that, that's the 40k side um so i played a game against marcus age of sigma and uh i realized that the only age of sigma train i have is a stupid little statue of spongebob squarepants that i painted up that I got in a Burger King <laughs> when I was working when I was a vet at Games Workshop Plymouth. Um, so I painted that up and put it on a base. That's that's one, um, which will always be somewhere on a Age of Sigma board that I'm playing on in my in my house because it's just brilliant. <laughs> and uh and trees. And that's it. That's all I had. And a well, a random well. You know who needs a random well? Anyway, so I have got the Warcry scenery, and I've also got a whole bunch of the scenery that came out, has been being released with the Mortal Realms magazine. So yeah. I, sat down, I sat down and put all that together, and now I've got loads of it. It needs painting, mind, but um, it's really nice to get that together. And I dragged out the old Manor House and Watchtower sets, the Fortified Manor House. Now, I bought the big one that had the Fortified Manor House, the Watchtower, and the chapel. Yeah. Didn't realise, actually, until I started to try and put it all together, that it only came with one set of walls, so I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Um, one, you know, The compound walls. Yeah. Um, I wanted to have two sets of those, because then I could um, then I could build this. So what I'm basically doing is fudging them all together. Rather than making individual pieces of that, I'm building, like, a, a proper fortified manor house that's going to have, like, a, a basic castle silhouette so something in each corner um 
and there'll be like a little, little chapel on a hill um, and then a larger tower that I'm going to put some um, stuff on. Um, I love it. I love the idea. And I think I was saying to you, wasn't I? I think it would be really cool to assign different AOS terrain rules to the different sections, depending on what they are, just just for fun, really. And this is one of the things I love because age, you know, and, and you know, 40k has it as well. But with Age of Sigma, your terrain can have one of six different effects, usually randomly generated, unless it's like a, an actual piece of terrain for, that is made and has specific rules. But you know, simple things like plus one bravery for the chapel. Mm. And actually, what I really like the idea of is it being, you know. You, you can think of it in lots of ways. So you could have plus one bravery for order. Yeah. You could yeah, have yeah. you could have yeah. minus one bravery for um chaos. But, but you could even say, well, actually, what you could do is use the damned rules for chaos, which is where um you take D3 mortal wounds, but you get plus one to hit. And you can imagine the demons like throwing themselves, trying to desecrate the chapel, but it's like it's like hurting them to do so. But once they do it, they're sort of they feel empowered because they've thrown down the icons of Sigma. But in doing so, you know, the, the very sort of holiness of the of the chapel banishes yeah, yeah. some demons. You know, I I just think the options are there really to make it really characterful. And then you can have you can have the different sections be different garrisons, but yeah. they're obviously in base contact. So they can fight each other. So you have like demons like pouring in through the chapel, and then there's like loads of halberdiers in the uh in the uh, tower, like going get back you foul beast <laughs> buoyed on by the fact they're by a chapel i love yeah. it I, th I think there's so much character you you know and and you know you you only have to look at historical precedents you know that the farm and waterloo um yeah yeah the Haines saint i think it was called the, the far and the battle over that and that was just like a a key part of the battlefield that was heavily contested for the entire day wreathed in smoke bloody holes put in the walls to fire muskets out of and stuff it's really interesting actually there's a very interesting part about that that farm that i find really fascinating is that when you look at the musket shots on the wall there's actually like a lot more musket shots at eye level just in the wall because uh the french there's the, there's a lot of papers written about this so people are interested but in big battles where you create two lines or, and units move against each other, humans are just not capable of going headlong into violence. They're not. They need to, they need to kind of build up to it, if you know what I mean. So Dutch courage is one way of doing it. You know, there's like you get the commanders getting people to bang on their shields and you get people's adrenaline going. Um, and there's, there, I read one interesting paper that said during the Napoleonic War, for example, if almost without fail, if you charged with fixed bayonets, you won that combat because you had made the decision to go in and kill someone in close quarter combat. And so what's interesting about La Haison um, is that there's, there's loads of musket shots at like eye level where the French infantry basically walked up and they were just, they were told to fire and they were just firing at the wall and the English were firing over their heads because they were hoping <laughs> that if they made enough noise, they'd bugger off. <laughs> Not like maybe even consciously, but because as humans, they couldn't, they hadn't yet built up like the, you know, that I need to kill them. 
um, which I think actually restored. When I read that, I think it was in Waterloo by Bernard Cornwall. When I read that, it restored my faith in humanity a little bit, you know, that actually you couldn't just get two groups of people to just like butcher each other straight out. They had to in some way work up to it. Um, Cause it's all, it was all very formal in a weird kind of way during the Napoleonic war, wasn't it? You know, march ups down there, fire and all. It must've been very bizarre. Mm. Very, very bizarre. But anyway, that was my, my scenery part of my assembly. But then I played you yeah, and, and realised that, like, what in the hell? I was doing something with my Ard boys in my head. I was utterly convinced I had forty Ard boys, and then the four Underworlds ones, so like Iron Skull or whatever it's called, as like a separate unit. But no, I had <laughs> made four units and used him and his unit as like part of one of them. So now I had to go back and build another four hard boys and you can't buy four hard boys so you've got to buy 15 hard boys so now i'm gonna to have to expand everything to 50 hard boys. <laughs> and i've been assembling brutes and hard boys and all that because i love my war i absolutely love my war and it's one of the cool things i love about it is that it's a finished army and every time i come around to add something to it i'm just adding a little bit to it yeah. And I'm at the point now where I'm so close to there being very little that I could ever want to add to it. Um, unless they release new models, if you see what I mean, because I'll have three Gorgrunters and three Brutes and 50 Iron Boys and three War Chanters and I'll have three Weird Boys and the War Boss, the War Boss on the War Crusher. And then the new war boss from Warhammer Plus, which I'm so excited about, I can't even. Like, oh, yes. you know, it's just yeah. amazing. And um, and then we were just talking about having like the special character on a war crusher as like, an overall commander. Um, and then I think I'd be done. Yeah, I think I could then absolutely just put that on the shelf and go. Unless they release more hard boys, I will add other orcs to the war which we'll come on to later, I'm sure. Um, so that's what I've been doing, putting together our brutes. Did a, I think it's called the Gore Chopper. I think the bloody great sword that one of them carries. And it only comes in one pose, so I've I kind of converted it so you had it like resting on the floor, and he was holding his hand out as if to say, "Come here, little man. I'm gonna <laughs> cut you up. <laughs> I'm gonna play you on this thing like a fiddler does." I don't know. And um, and I was just thinking about how to make a third one because I don't want them to work the same. And I'll have a spare war chanter model coming in the getting started box. And I might have it so he's got the thing above his head, going, like one of them bantha things from... Um, <laughs> like a sand <laughs> person. Star- yeah, like a sand person from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's been, that's been my hobby. Lots of assembly, gone through a whole tub of plastic glue, putting scenery together. I've come up... Do you know what I've been using a lot for the scenery construction? No more nails. Yeah, you... <laughs> yeah. Bloody brilliant. I'll tell you what it's not good for. Putting up uh, a piece of wood above the window so that when you put up your curtain pole, you don't have to screw into the 
Yeah. The uh, lintel, right? Yeah. And the reason I say that is, although I, I say it's not good, in, in fairness, it was up for about eight years, but I'm in the kitchen and I hear crash and I go in the lounge and poor Joshua sat there on the sofa with the curtain in his hand where he's obviously been like fiddling with it. And the whole <laughs> thing has come off the wall because <laughs> it was just stuck up there rather than screwed in. Um, so anyway, I've fixed that now, but I just thought that was a funny story because bless him, he looked at me and you could see in his face, he wasn't sure if I was going to be angry that he'd pulled down the curtains or what was going to happen. And I just thought it was hilarious. And then he, I laughed and he laughed and it was all very funny. And luckily no one was hurt. <laughs> I just done my skirting boards with it. That's why I got some spare. Yeah, but skirting boards are like on the floor, not holding yeah. up the curtains, aren't they? So, well, according to the advert, you can glue a chair to the wall and sit on it. Uh, if I sat on any chair glued to the wall, in fact, if you could put a six-inch nail through a chair into the wall, I'd take the bloody wall down. If I, sat. I was going to say, one of two things is going to happen with us. Either yeah. the glue's going to go, or the wall is. And the nail would just drag itself down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh dear never mind so what have you been doing then uh, well not dissimilar in some regards so um i have been building stuff um i always lose track and I, i'm silly really i should listen to the hobby desk from the previous episode just before we record the next so i can remember what i've talked about so i was building drop zone commander the starter set um i was i was good way through that um but that's all gone on hold because i got obviously we had age of sigma 3 came out so i got the dominion box just because all i wanted was the rule book and you were going to have the models <laughs> and that lasted right up until i had the box and i was like i want to keep it <laughs> <laughs> um so i've built the objectives um because i bought the objective box they are so good they're so good because not only are they lovely to build, but they tell a story, which yeah. I think they do really nicely as well. And it fits in with this Dawnbringer Crusade theme. So, like, you've got a, a beacon that you can see that they would light, um, you know, if they saw the Oryx coming. Um, and you've got a bell that, you know, they would ring for the same reason. Um, and a little shrine to Sigma and a and a standard that they've planted and and actually when you look inside the new rule book there's a there's an image of the of a dawnbringer settlement the beginnings of it and some of these things are replicated in that in that kind of drawing and it's got like bits of it are built on the old settlement that was there before and i, I just think i just think it's brilliant i think it's absolutely superb so i've built those really enjoyed building those um and then I started working my way through the Dominion box. So um, most of it's done now. I've got four more of the, um, the uh, is it Gut Rippers, the, the, the Oric, the standard Cruel Boys, I think are called. So I've got four more of them to build. And then I've just got the 10 Stormcast, yeah. standard Stormcast. Um, really loving it. I mean, the models... The models are lovely. The the guys with the um I forget what they're called, but the guys with the halberds 
are just incredible. Like, I thought they looked quite good anyway, but one, now that I've got them and I'm looking at them, they're just amazing. And the Hobgrots are just, <laughs> just flipping brilliant. So, yeah, I'm, re I'm really enjoying uh, building them. I'm, I think, I mean, I was chatting to Dan and Henry, no, Ben and Henry, um, because I kind of knew this anyway, but for some reason I didn't do it. But I, I found I should have cut more of the lugs off because they're the slot together. And they are remarkable. Don't get me wrong. It's incredible how they go together. It's a real science. But by the time you get a bit of glue in there, I've, I found it hard, some of them, to like actually close the gaps. So I bought myself, on Henry's recommendation, some um, plastic putty by Vallejo. Yeah. Um, but in like it's in like a toothpaste, toothpaste-like tube with a very fine needle applicator. So yeah. I'm hoping to use that just to fill in some gaps on a few of them um so yeah you know I, I find works quite well for that sorry do you know what i've recently found works quite well for that no more nails no more nails <laughs> brilliant cheapest chips as well five pound for like liter of the stuff amazing <laughs> i still haven't i still haven't decided yet how i want to paint everything so mm -hmm. i'm really on the fence for basically because I love Hallowed Nights. I love their background. And also, I can be quite an enthusiastic player at times. Um, and I love the idea of going to a narrative event and basically shouting only the faithful. I just love the idea. I was talking to Tom about it because he's doing Hallowed Nights. And I love the idea of being in an event and he's in like one corner shouting, who shall cast down their enemies? And I'm in the other corner going, only the faithful, like proper nerds. Um, I Is love this why you idea. were trying to talk me into getting a, a, a drum and two uh, bone hammers? To... Yeah, 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 dun, totally. Dun, 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 yeah, dun. that's what you need to do. Um, so, I, and I, so I do love the Hallowed Nights and I love their background where as they become more, um, as they die more often, they, they begin to glow and become more sort of holy, as it were, but they're more detached because they're like, they're just so pure. It's ridiculous. Um, so I really like them. And I, I did Hallowed Nights the first time round, and I did them in a really basic way. And I know I could do them a bit better without like it being a massive impact. But the Hammers of Sigmar, not only do they look spectacular, in gold i love them in gold i've never had a gold army either um but the new lord commander model is mm. just absolutely incredible um we said just now about the kind of power pose the kind of threat and he's he's just got a striding forward you know purposeful i mean oh my goodness they couldn't have a more purposeful pose it's just he just looks incredible. Um, and there's a real sort of oh, desire to build an army around that guy as well. <laughs> um, and I'm very much so, although I've got, and I did this with um, Age of Sigma when it came out first, I, although I've got my corn army, which I love, and I will, I'm sure, add to, especially now they put coalitions in, I think that's ace. And I've got some other Stormcast. These guys are totally, this is this is going to be separate, even if they are still Hallowed Knights. This is going to be separate. This is all about the new Thunderstrike armor 
the new visual. Um, I really trying to dive in um, to AOS three, and and that's why one of the reasons it's made me want to build the box because because I, I genuinely want to try. Um, and we know I can flit around and stuff, but to build a Stormcast army and a Crawl Boys Oryx army as the new units come out, buy them up, build them and stuff. And, and it will take a long time to paint and stuff, but it'll just be in the background burning away and doing something different. So, yeah, I, I really am on the fence because I love the look of both of them, um, you know, and basically it's a fight between the awesomeness of the Lord Commander and my desire to shout only the faithful. <laughs> um because it is probably my favorite aos line uh you know a quote so don't know yet haven't decided probably won't decide probably still won't have decided by the time i've painted half of them in truth but we'll see what to do both i mean it's just the chariots as well there's gonna be chariots and there's that guy with that ridiculous bow <sighs> it's just monumental so anyway yeah mostly building um, once I've built all of this, incidentally, the intention is to go around and, and use like the plastic putty, get them completely ready to go, then put them to one side. And then I'm going to go back and finish building the drop zone commander set, um, yeah. potentially even paint it because it should be quite quick. Um, Chris and I have got this plan, which we can talk about into the wilds a bit more, to try a different game every couple of months just just with through the starter set just to get a feel for other things um so yeah that's that's what i've been doing no painting but lots of construction so hopefully by the time we record again i'll have put some paint on something maybe yeah would be nice wouldn't it yeah if i could remember how to paint (laughs) although like in this sun my shed is so hot Oh, yeah. If you put a dead chicken on the table, you'd be able to eat it by the end of the day. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Fanta's arrived, dudes. Who shall consume this Fanta? (laughs) Damn jolly. (laughs) Only the faithful. Right, buddy-o, shall we move into 40k? Yes, let us go into the grim darkness of Deathcore of Creed! Welcome, listeners, to the grim darkness of the far future. I think, actually, you know those symbols on for Kill Team? I reckon they're like tapping into a PlayStation controller because it's like the, mm. the buttons, isn't it? Circle, square, X. Maybe right. they'll be like cheat codes. If you move in a certain way, your guy powers up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I jest, but I, I, I genuinely I do jest. So if anyone's like, oh, listen to the opening line, like, oh, not another complainer, I'm jesting. I I haven't tried it yet. We'll see. I'm all for it. Let's go. Kill team. Yeah, I'm so excited, man. So it's called Octar- Octarius, Octavius, Octavius. Yeah, the the like backgroundy bit, isn't it? And um. From what we've already know, 
it's basically a complete overhaul of the rules, which I have to say, straight out of the box, I am 100% up for because it was so unbalanced. Um, I know at least at least three people that tried to get back into the hobby and thought, oh, Kill Team would be a great way of just getting a few models, playing a game, and then quit within like a couple of weeks because one of the members of the group or somebody else you were playing with had Harlequins and that was, they just were like, I, don't, I can't beat them, it's impossible. So what's the point? Um, which I just think is a real shame. Mm. It's a real shame. So I think I think there was good reason for them to overhaul the rules. Um, and from what I've heard, they sound pretty cool. Love the alternate activation thing. Loads of cool. It's going to keep people involved all the way through the game. It's going to be very micro. So, and that's what kill team should be about. Little, every little decision having an impact on every single model that you're that you're using. So it sounds cool. I like it. I'm and excited because because it's different rules. Chris Goff is is just is basically wetting himself with excitement because it's another rule set. Um, so he, I know he will he'll sort of engage with it a bit at least at least for one game. So you know that's great. But I I have found, and you know it's always the same. If if you get if you're really into and playing a game a lot, I'm sure it becomes a lot more fluid. But I have found it very hard, and I've tried a couple of times to get back into playing regular 40k. Um, because the rules have changed quite a lot and there's a lot to them now I find um, and it's funny because I'm sure there'll be people that play lots of 40k who maybe think the same about AOS I find AOS really easy to play um, probably because I play it more so but I love the setting obviously for 40k so I'm really excited to be able to dive in and enjoy it and also and I know this will never work but things like that i look at armies there's no armies really that i i can't see myself wanting to do and and it'd be great to explore them this way salamanders mm. are top of my list at the moment until the black templars come out because they are oh <laughs> yeah oh my goodness yeah so yeah really excited for kill team really excited by the terrain in the box the box is going to be providing you can get one um a definite purchase my only, my only my only concern about the train is it's a little specific. Very yeah, nice. It but is a little specific. It is, I agree. However, I think I don't think you know, we haven't really seen anything like that before, other than no. custom built. No, we I, haven't. You know, people have been talking about orcifying buildings since time began, haven't they? But so I think it's, it's really nice to stick out a set like that. See, my my problem with it is. Not that it is what it is. It's that uh, if it was going to stay on the shelf as here is the orc scenery and like here is the Tau scenery and here is the Eldar scenery and here is the Chaos scenery, brilliant. Absolutely all for it. But they're not going to. No, they're not going to. It will, it will come and go like real quick. And I don't, and that's what that's my only that's my only hesitation about it is that. If if all the scenery, if the speed of the turning over scenery is anything to go by, if you want that orc scenery, get it. Don't hesitate, get it. Because I, I would buy two boxes. Because the thing is, those squads, the units inside, people are going to be wanting to buy those up. 
to a penny. The death core, absolutely, you know, without a doubt. Because they make a normal squad as well. Yeah, I know. You know, that, they that death core of Creek Creek is is so welcome. And I've been talking about we need more plastic guard for you have, yes. For such a long time. And it, it's not just they're not just Creek though. Paint them a different colour and they're Steel Legion. You know, they're it's it's a great box set. It's a great, great box set. I'm really excited about it. Really, really, really excited about it. And I've I've just got this feeling that it's not the only one that they've done. I think there's going to be others mm. now. Now that they've now that they've done that, I think the Cajun upgrade sprue is they've and quite rightly, you know, and like Andy was saying last last in the last episode, the Cajuns have stood the test of time. I think the models are great. You know, add in the command sprue that you've got and the new sprue that they've just used to upgrade it, and like, there's nothing wrong with them. The only thing that I would add is backpacks. I think Cadians would look really, really cool if they all had backpacks and looked a little bit kind of quasi-modo-tactical. Um, you know, maybe some scopes for their rifles, like mini-scopes for their rifles. You know, little bits that you could add, but there's nothing wrong with them. But I'd love to see a new Cachan sprue because I don't really think they have stood the test of time. Uh, and I've really got an inkling that they might happen. Um, I'm sorry if you can hear stuff in the background, guys, but our next door neighbour's having a 50th birthday party and it's spilling out a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that is just, that Krieg box set is just absolutely on point. It's just perfect. And I love the fact that there's so many special weapons options in there. Like, rather than just, like, a grenade launcher, you've got a sniper rifle and a flamer and, oh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Really can't wait. As I and think, the orcs. Oh, Dan, restrain me. Restrain. I know, I know, I know. And then obviously the orcs. You know, the orcs the, in there are good, aren't they? Or are you actually already talking about the the new lot? The whole lot. The yeah. whole lot. I mean, I yeah. I had to sit on my hands when Speed Freaks came out because I was like, no, no, Ben, you, <laughs> you no. You do. You have too much to paint. This is a no. And then, and then now this because the beast snaggers are just they're just they're just amazing. And the new boys, North and the new boys. boys are amazing. And, and the, the new boss is amazing. And these commandos as well. I, I just think the whole and thing. their army specific piece of terrain, which is a head of a gargant, is just brilliant. And I'm so happy for all players because you, I mean. My experience of orc players has been they're very passionate about orcs, very, yeah. and they they just collect a lot of orcs. So it's great to see. I mean, the range is huge now and full of fantastic miniatures. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm dead chuffed for them, and you know, obviously the beast beast snagger box went gone. <laughs> gone um couldn't even get on the ready website couldn't get on the website no <laughs> i went i went to go on at like i don't know half 10 and only to really have a look to be fair so i don't i don't, I don't mind because i'm rather people got on there and got some stuff i just like to look at what's on pre-order because sometimes the odd bit that you've missed comes in um but the queue was over an hour <laughs> i i went on to the forge world one to because i was on instagram and i saw a picture of um you know, like there's armoured, the armoured Imperial Infantry. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. So yeah. Solar Auxilia. Yeah, I thought, oh, you yeah, know, they're quite good. 
I'd forgotten how cool they looked. You know what it's like. If you haven't seen a model in a little while, you're like, oh, they're quite cool. I quite. I wonder how much they are. A squad of them would be quite cool as a alternate for X or Y or whatever. So I went, I thought, I'll go on the Forge World website, and it wouldn't even let me go on there. I was like, no, sorry, you're in a queue, half an hour. So their servers must have just died, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, the orcs really good. And um, did you see that Castellan Crow has getting getting a new model? Castellan no. Crow for the Grey Knights. Oh yes, I did see that, and it's blinded, and it's a completely different scale. Yeah, it, it, they've it's 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 done like proportionate wise. You know, it's his he's a much better much better proportion than the other Grey Knights are. Because I I thought his legs and sort of waist was a bit weird. His legs are the right length. Yeah, but like where it joins to like his groin. But not like awful weird, just like the same as standard Astartes weird. I don't think I have a way of responding to that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my biggest hurdle for the Grey Knights actually is, has always been the groin area of the... This is going to sound terrible, but it is episode 69, so... Um, the groin area of the Grey Knight Terminators. They look really disjointed, like they've got, like their gooch is about half a foot wide. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. And then the legs are just sort of stuck out and sideways. And it just. But Terminators it, are usually like the epitome of anatomical correctness, aren't they? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you want someone's head to be about a foot and a half forward from their shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, but it's always put me off with them. I think with the, the Space Moon Terminators, it doesn't look so bad, but somehow with the Grey Knight Terminators, it became really obvious to me. And so every time I see the models, I'm like, ugh. I've got a little squad of Grey Knight Terminators somewhere from back when I did Ultramarines, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have, like, I bought the Cadian 100-pound box and put that in the army, and then I bought, <laughs> like, a Grey Knight squad and put that in the army. Which I, I love that idea. Oh, don't think about that, Dan. Know where that's going. And I converted the Blood Angels Librarian Terminator into a Grey Knight because that was a lovely model. Oh yeah. Mm. What Mephiston from? No, no, no. The the they bought one out like with a power oh, axe and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember because of Mephiston. Mm. Pretty much. And for for those who didn't get the reference to that, the the Terminator in Space Hulk box set, Terminator Librarian in Space Hulk box set is pre Black Rage Mephiston. Calistarius, isn't it? Is mm. his name, I think. Yeah, so exciting times for 40k. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Like it, one of the things I love about the hobby at the moment, I mean, there, there's there's little bits to complain about in the fact that it's stock is a big issue at the moment and the, the scenery turning over, but we're getting things gifted to us that people have been asking for for so long. It's like every month there's something new and you're like, oh, it's just so good. It's just so good. Yeah. Difficult to keep up with. We've said that for a long time, it's hard to keep up with, but you know, I'll get the Kill Team box set because I, I really like the idea of Kill Team like you and doing little squads here and there. And I really want that Krieg kit 
because I'll probably end up with a platoon of Krieg in my multi-regimental guard force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must admit, yet. plastic Krieg would be, as an army, like would would be very tempting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's interesting. Like uh, again, at the risk of just sounding like yet another. Uh, person on social media who believes that they know how to fix the whole of games which problems i feel like the thing with the stock uh, i was talking to chris today actually and it's it's less about not being able to get stuff and a bit for me personally and more a bit about the communication around the whys uh, I, I just like to understand like i get i get that like the company has grown so quickly they've done such an amazing job at gaining new hobbyists and stuff and you can totally understand with all what's going on why they might be having stock issues but i wish they would just kind of communicate a little bit on you know is this just the way it is now or are they you know when is the new factory opening is it open is everything sorted out is this just how it is or can we expect to get back to the stage where things are on the shelf you know to buy it i think that's that's just the only thing I would say uh, on yeah. that. But yeah. hey-ho, I haven't, got, I haven't got time to paint all the toys i got, so I don't know why I'm complaining about not being able to buy more. <laughs> the hobby is as much about collecting stuff you're never going to build, is it? Yeah, is it? yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, I feel the need to go into the mortal rounds just because so much is going on with it. Yep. yep, um, yep, yep. You, you good with that? Yeah, yep. yep. Let's head through the realm gate oh very good yeah do you reckon you'd go like you could ca- walk through like the noctilith crown like a stargate but come out of a realm gate between the realms that's that's how it would roll i think so yeah i kind of imagine it like a stargate mm. Mm. Hi guys, and welcome to the Mortal Realms. We come out the realm gate, and it's unfortunately horizontal, and we've fallen flat on the floor. And uh, we, we are go. definitely in Akshi today. Yeah, it's we so are. flipping hot. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this afternoon, um, my dad's got a little farmstead, and they'd um, they, they they've done the hay, and they bailed it up, and um, he wanted it moved off of a part of the grass because my brother's coming down and he wants to like mow this area flat so that we can have family over and uh so i was rolling them out of the way and then one of the bloody things rolled down the flaming hill so i had to push it all the way up until it was somewhere where it would roll and um my mouth was so dry doing it i thought you know when the, like your mouth is so dry you feel like you're your tonsils are stuck to your tongue. You're like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. Either that, or it's quite. It feels a bit aquatic, you know. Yeah, steaming jungles of girl. Steaming jungles of girl. Yeah. So, AOS three. We've played it. We played each other. In fact, yeah. Didn't we, we went to the wonderful curtain games. Um, where we were made to feel like 
mates coming over to play on the kitchen table. It was fantastic. Very welcome. Very comfortable. Very oh, safe. Absolutely. You know, devastating news, though. In order to make room for more tables, they're getting rid of that sofa. What? You know that sofa we were sat on? Oh, no. Yeah, they're giving it away, though. So, like, you know, I reckon get the table out of your shed. Put that in there. We can just sit on that sofa. It's just... Yeah. That is a bit of a shame. Anyway, very good. Um was planning to play at least three games of Age of Sigma, but typically only played one. Always I mean, overestimate. Always. For me though, my I, I said this to Ben when like when we turned up. When everyone had turned up, I my kind of my objective was, was completed. Yes. I I'd seen guys that I haven't seen in 18 months at least. You know, and like as soon as everyone got their armies on the table and I could go, oh, Ben, you know, your deep can look fantastic. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I'm finished. Oh, ticked, you know. Brilliant. It's funny, isn't it? Because, like, you were like, oh, we ought to get on, Dan. We ought to get And I'm just sat there chilling out. You're like, oh, we ought to get on. And I'm thinking, now we've got loads of time. And in the end, we were getting hustled out because it was... <laughs> we didn't only just finished. Well, so, because yeah. we basically chose two infantry-heavy meat grinder armies and then marched up to each other and beat the tar out of each other for four consecutive turns yeah <laughs> yeah we had a hell of a long combat i think we were resolving it for like nearly an hour <laughs> we, like, across the board but um yeah what were your impressions what do you think loads i like about it like i really liked some of the new command abilities um the ability to i think for me, one of the biggest game changes is going to be all out attack and all out defense. So you, you can you can really focus your attack in one place and you can defend in one place and really, you know, really make a big difference. Um I really was I was I liked that a lot. I liked that a lot. I liked the freedom of the um piling now. Yeah, like yeah. that. And um and the the uh, I forgot what they called them. The, the heroic uh, things. Yeah, the heroic things that they put in the heroic phase for you to both choose that you could do. That I I quite like that too. Basically, one of the things I like about Age of Sigma a lot is that it feels more like to me you are the only thing that you don't get to do on your opponent's turn is choose who gets to fight first and move. And that's pretty much it. And cast some spells. Now, otherwise, there is stuff for you to do all the way through the whole thing. And in fact, there is a stratagem that you can use to pull one of your units back now in the movement phase. So, you know, you can even be moving in the opponent's movement phase. So it really has become a lot more kind of meshed in integrated game where, you know, you are you are making decisions. I find a, a little bit before... Um, in Warhammer Fantasy Battle and um, older 40k, you're just kind of sat there waiting for the opponent to do this, that, and the other. And the only thing you're doing is rolling armor saves and like cursing them. Uh, and hey, God, you know, that's probably one of the main reasons why I didn't used to play very much, especially Warhammer Fantasy Battle, because. I mean, the only thing I ever used to be able to do was launch fanatics at people when they got too bloody close, um, which was always fun. <laughs> Never got old. <laughs> like, and uh, and that was it. 
Um, but now I feel like I feel fully involved all the way through it. And um, it even, even so much as choosing who you get to fight next with in the combat phase can make a really big difference, like a huge difference. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan. The, the only thing I'm not a fan of, <laughs> I just the new table sizes aggravate me. They aggravate me. You know, they've brought in a new minimum size and everyone has immediately adopted it as the standard size of table. And I cannot work out why. I've got six by four boards. I'm not changing any of them. So people are going to have to play on a six by four table when they come to MedCell. So, sorry. But you haven't tried it, Ben. I don't care. I don't care. There's some things I don't need to try. I don't need to drink a pint of snot to know that I ain't going to like it. And particularly, like when you see pictures of 40K boards, in the new tournament size, and they got all this scenery jammed into like a board that's at least a third smaller. And there's nowhere for tanks to drive. There's no way you can outmaneuver the enemy. There's no weapon that doesn't, you know, reach practically everywhere. It's just like what? How? It, no. You know, there should be enough room on a board for you to hide a unit in a corner, or for the enemy to leave them stranded there in the corner so you can't use them, or to be able to drive a bloody tank around without crashing into a building. I just... So I've played um, three games on the new size. I've played four games in total. Um, The one I played against you, we played on six by four. And then the others we played on the new size, the the smaller size. I think, um, obviously, it's just a recommended minimum so it's not like you have to play on that size obviously my probably my favorite thing about it thus far is if you take for example warhammer world and you're going to play and all the tables are butted up to each other and what it gives you is an, a, a foot a whole foot down one side where you can put books dice models that have died etc i think that's really good i find that really useful we found that really useful when ben and i were playing at his house on his six by four, having somewhere to put stuff was really good. Um, terrain wise, I quite like the fact that they've sort of said, oh, eight pieces of terrain, because now I feel like I can collect a table yeah. that I can play if I want to play in that scenario. I, I'm i really interested to see how, how it plays really. Uh, you know, obviously corn my main army corn is quite close combat army so it's going to want to be closer but it certainly you know ben and i got stuck in quite quickly in both our games we played um i do think though like it is going to be i am interested to see how it works when you're playing with a full 2k 2000 points especially if you've got quite a lot of models i think it's going to get very dense but, but you're not any closer I think that's a perception thing. When you set the table up, you're still the same distance away from the opponent because you're still within your deployment zone. The only thing that you haven't got is room around the edges to bring on, you know, um, flanking that. But if you, you know, you've got less depth in your deployment zone, haven't you? Yeah. You know, so you can't have stuff hidden away at the back. I just think um, that it's going to have some pros and some cons, and I think it's worth exploring. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm... I, I think I would, I'd be fine with playing a fine. 
I'd be fine with playing on it like a thousand point game. Yeah, because I think you get lost in a six by four when it's a big game. And I've always played on a four by four if I was playing a smaller game. Mm. And I think and I think I can see the value in it for a smaller game. I can absolutely think it's a great idea. Um, but I, I just can't see why it's being adopted in tournaments for for 2,000 point games or in 40k or fancy or AOS. Well, I guess there's a perception that the game's been play tested at that size. I don't know whether that's the inaccurate perception or not. So then the perception is that it's at its most balanced at that size which is what you want for an event, tournament event, as opposed to narrative event, I think. Um, mm. I think I think the other thing you've got to remember, though, as well, is that the new rules, because of the way they've done reinforced units, so you can only have a maximum of four units that are larger than their base unit size in a 2,000-point army, and only battle line can be reinforced twice, twice. means that... Um, you, there seems to be a move towards saying, you know, it's not about just filling the board with models, um, you know, so maybe the army's model count is going to be somewhat smaller. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it's interesting what you say about all out defense and all out attack. So um, Ben and I, Ben Chambers and I played two games in quite quick succession um within a couple of days and we both felt afterwards that those felt a little bit tit for tat kind of like oh i'm gonna do all that defense well i'm gonna do all that attack um and we were interested once we played because we were only playing a thousand points so we're interested to see once you play at two thousand points and it's a bit more of a decision because you're likely to have more than one critical combat going on Uh, that'll be really really interesting um then that allows you to make a choice as to where you're placing your maximum impact a bit like a bit like greek phalanxes you know the the way eventually that the the spartan phalanx was beaten was i think it was the thebes theban thebians thebes thespians started to unbalance their phalanx on purpose so rather than having a square unit they would have more guys at one end so that they would break one side of the of the Spartan phalanx and turn the phalanx, which allowed them to then get into the sides of it. Um, and it will allow you to do things like that. I mean, yes, in a small game where there's only really two or three combats tops going on, but can you in our game actually, there was there was we were using it at different sides of the battlefield, and you know, you used it to keep Corgus Crawl alive for one turn, you know, extra than he should have done. <laughs> <laughs> and I was using it to try and desperately keep my hard boys alive to hold the right flank. And it, it was, I felt it was quite cool because it was about where do I, where do I really want to hold? And what am I just going to let the gods decide? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like, like you, I love the change in pile in. I think that that's really good. Um, coherency. That's a toughie, that one, isn't it? I really, I really think, though, that when they wrote that rule, their intention was the one inch would be the small 25 mil base. But because the rules lawyers have got involved and found that 25 mil is exactly 0.4 mil smaller than an inch, that it doesn't count. And I, th- I genuinely think 
but it was written with the intention that it would act the same way so that you couldn't have a line of 25 mil, if you see what I mean. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, so at the moment, um, my biggest complaint about it is that it was obviously written to stop you having a strung outline of infantry. Uh, and the there's no reason why you wouldn't have a brute completely happy being on one flank on their own. Doesn't make sense. The thing's like eight foot tall. It's the size of a small horse. Um, but your single infantryman on a 25 mil base, your free free soldier, you know, your um, free guard or whatever they're called now, is okay to be on the end of a long line of infantry on its own with his dinner, dinner plate shield and his shoeless feet and his tiny little toothpick sword. I genuinely think that that was meant that basically if you're on a 25 mil base, you should, you should be doubled up. Um, I think the, my only, I suppose my thing with it was, and I'll get used to it and it will be fine. You know, of course it's going to be fine. It's it just frustrating, especially because often terrain, et cetera, is very, um, Difficult you know, to place interesting and placing and like some of the models have bloody got chains whizzing all over the place and what have you and just they just some rules just seem a little bit like unnecessarily frustrating Straight. I feel like and obviously I'm wrong because you know play testers and feedback has shown this to be a, a lie but I felt like that move towards wholly within abilities mm. as opposed to within abilities that certainly made me pull my forces in definitely mm. made me pull my forces in um that was a great clearly, thing. i mean clearly it wasn't enough you know because otherwise they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone with this but it'll just take some getting used to I, what it does mean though um dan uh so those of you some of you may know Dan from at the nine inch charge, but it's worth looking up because he's done some videos on YouTube. Um, and one of them is a review of mini mag trays, which is, which are movement trays for AOS, but they are metallic, they're metal and they're, then they're like powder coated black. But like for me and you who magnetize our armies as a storage solution, and you can just magnetize onto them mm. straight away um really really useful really useful because they they help make sure that you don't make any silly errors i suppose um so i might i might get some of them particularly for like hobgrots want like a massive mob of hobgrots running around lobbing grenades at people but yeah. what i do like and you know genuinely i am not paid to uh advertise this but the new general's handbook is absolutely blinding it is so good hardback ring bound ring bound double tick freaking index triple tick you know and it's got the little um tabs for the different sections yeah um even things like the battle plans you've got like the detail and a little map and then on the opposite page you've just got an a5 of the map the deployment map where the objectives are and how you score and that's it just for reference uh, and on the back there's like a quick reference for the new the new um command abilities and generic spells and prayers um 
The rules are really straightforward. I love the fact that you, I love that it's a season of war. It's all in Gur, like match play is in Gur with the Gur rules. Because you never, you know, Dan and I were always like, oh, shall we use them? Yeah, maybe. All right. Yeah, let's roll for them. Ah, shit. We can't remember them. We forgot. Because they always were different. Um, But now they're they're the same and I love it. And I love it because this means as well that we're going to get the season of in Akshi and the season somewhere else. And yeah, you know, yeah. how exciting is that? What season's yeah. it going to be? Oh, I don't know. You know, where are we going to be fighting this year in yeah. the land of light? <sighs> you know, that's, that's, yeah, it's ace. It's... I mean, obviously, I guarantee you, without a shadow of a doubt, in the next 12 months, I will come on the podcast and I will say I hate it because somebody shanked one of my objectives on the third turn. And, <laughs> and I, I, it's funny, actually. I, it's a bit, bit of a silly thing to say, but I, I do struggle with reactive rules I, I, or like rules that they just feel a little bit like ah, in your face. So like, like, you know, the redeploying one, the nine inch redeployment. I hate it. I love it. Like it's cool. It's cool, but I really struggle because I build up to something. It's like in magic. I could I ha- I couldn't play magic because I just lose myself a bit when like you you'd have a strategy, you play it, and then it'd be like, aha, but I've got this card, and you lose the game and stuff like oh, I just can't be dealing with it. I guess <laughs> I get too worked up. I get too worked up. I like I like it when it's my turn to be my turn. <laughs> But I have to live with it because I love the game too much to get grumpy about that. I think I agree. The General's Handbook is is a superb product. Especially I'm when to just buy a second one. I don't even know why. Especially when you hold it up against the 40k one this year. Yeah. The, the um chapter approved. Chapter approved. Softback, glue bound. If you open it up flat, it all falls to pieces. It's terrible. Honestly, terrible. it is sometimes like I just, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure they do, they must talk to each other, but sometimes you just wonder why. I wonder if it's a volume. No, it can't be that. Well, it might if be. Because they it make might be so they, many more of them. that It might be that, because it was ring bound the first edition. <clears throat> Chapter proof. Softback, but it was ring bound. Yeah. Um, maybe they, you know, the different developers, they could only sort of have the production capacity to do one of them like that and the other one not. Yeah, yeah maybe. And we haven't even talked about the fact that we're getting a new Stormcast Battle Tome, new Auric Warclans Battle Tome, more models, Slogoths, and some of those troll things coming out of the. Oh, the late. Oh, just, I can't. I was so excited. I, it was one of those previews where you could almost hear my bank manager crying. You know, if you listen carefully, it was like he was watching it somewhere going, oh, no. And either that or it was Joe. Because, um, probably Joe, yeah. Probably Joe. Because everything, everything that they showed was just banging. Absolutely brilliant. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, I know. I must admit, I, I'm i kind of torn between excitement for it to come out and a kind of uh, sort of, wait, wait, let me catch up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. So, yeah, we've, uh, we shall see. It's, it's another thing, though, like, 
very frustratingly, they they haven't. I find this very difficult to keep up with. They they kind of splash previews in so many places that you end up like trying to remember what 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 they all have now. So like, yeah, I know. I don't know what's out. They, 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 sp- they splashed like the previews shortly after they splashed the. Or they uh, previewed the Dominion box, isn't it? And they had the chariots in those ones. Yeah. And now they've had the second round of previews. And I kind of want them to do an article where they're like, here's all of them together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Because I can't remember the last lot. Basically. Like you just mentioned chariots. And it, I had to I had to go on the Warhammer um, community <laughs> website to look at because I'd forgotten that there was it. So yeah, I know. I know. Still, that's exciting when they come out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right, shall we go in and have a natter about the community? Yeah. Do it. Let's do it. Hail, glorious community. Um, yeah, it's great to be back and chatting about the cool stuff that we've seen online. So, Ben, you've been looking up some uh, some shout outs. So why don't you kick us off as normal? Sure. yeah. Um, it's when you get these prolonged periods between podcasts, it's quite difficult to to remember and, and actually even shout out all the incredible things that you've seen over the last um, month because they, you know, they, there's a lot going on. Um, but I've I've chosen, I've tried to sort of refine it into some things that I've have had a huge impact on on how I want to approach a product. All right, so this time because I, there's been a lot of thought process of I've been going into trying to work out how I would do things faster or differently or add in some techniques to make my style a little bit different. And um, so largely, I've been planning how I'm going to paint my cruel boys because I really don't want them to take a very long time. And actually there's a lot going on in the models. However, mm-hmm. the more videos I watch, the more I realize that there isn't really as much going on as you could, you, you could fear as you fear just by looking at them. Yeah. I've done quite a good job of, of, of making them look really detailed and there's lots of noise on the models, but actually they're really quite simple. Um, and so there's some people I'd really like to shout out. So the first one is, um, and I'm going to absolutely crucify this guy's name, but his his Instagram account is uh, Convertorum, the Convertorum, the underscore Convertorum. And um, he um, actually was shouted out by Warhammer Community for his um, Cruel Boys. And they're not, um, he doesn't tell you how he does them, but they've got a real kind of muted, yellowy, tone and what's really cool is he did one using wraith bone as an undercoat and then he did another using gray sear as an undercoat and you pretty much the same colors but you can really see the difference mm-hmm. um and it really kind of it really kind of inspired me to um sort of approach them from a real contrasting method so the the chap's name is johan egerkrenz or egerkrenz um and actually, in looking more into his stuff this time, I realised that he's the illustrator for one of my favourite series of books. That you got me the first one, the Vason. Um, it's on Norse, yeah. Norse mythology. Love it. Love the art in that. In fact, I've been very close 
to buying one of his prints to go on my wall of um, Thor. Um, and there's a great one of Odin as well um, and Slepnir, but um, I couldn't I couldn't justify the cost and there's no room, room on the walls at the moment. <laughs> um, but um, I love his style. I've, I've, I've actually shouted out, I've shouted out his um, Marines before because he gets like a load of realism into them. Um, real kind of detailed blanchitsu, so mm. um, which I really like. Then, um, so he, I would shout him out. I wanted to shout out Cult of Paint because I've watched every video that they have done on the Cruel Boys, um, and it's really helped me to sort of get a process in my head of how I'm going to approach them. Um, and they use a lot of tricks to get really good results that I would never have thought of, like sponging onto the shield. Yeah, is a perfect example. I love that. I'm going to be using that. I think that's absolutely. Rumor has it that Henry quite likes the hobgoblins, the the hobgrots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He may have mentioned it once or twice. Yeah, but I love them. I love the I love the videos. It's interesting. Sorry, I know you you normally go through the, this bit, but I, I was also going to mention Cult of Paint because I just um, I equally re- really enjoying their videos. Really enjoying the little like podcasts, the culture of paint that they do, where the four of them just chat about things and how they approach painting. They did a good one about what music do they listen to, and that was really interesting because they said they said like several of them had. Um, specific playlists or bands that they listen to depending on the project and actually in their painting diary when they put like all the colors that they use and stuff they also wrote the music that they listen to um oh, which i thought cool. was cool um i i liked because andy said andy wardle said that he his problem is he loves music so much that he can't listen to music when he's painting because he he just he just gets into the music and wants to like think about it and comment on it and stuff so um that was quite quite interesting but yeah if anyone hasn't hasn't watched the cult of paint videos you you, you, <laughs> you gotta go watch the cult of paint videos they're ace and they what i like as well is you get like whole sort of how to paint this model from start to finish um uh in a really detailed sort of competition painting way which andy does a lot of and then you get like really high quality army painting stuff from henry mm. um usually over a couple of models so like for dark elder they did the cabalites and then they did how would we apply that to a raider they've done crimson fist and how we would apply that to a dreadnought or vehicle um and then you also get like the techniques so they've just done a whole load henry's just done a whole load on the skeleton dudes from um curse city i think and it's all like rusty. What does arm? You know, doing rusty armor, doing weathered, weathered robes. You know, doing uh, verdigris. So yeah, there's a there's a real range there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I've enjoyed every one of those. I've enjoyed every video that I've watched of those, but particularly really got into the cruel boys ones because it's it's been like i said it's been i've been really drawing on them and focusing on the detail and re-watching bits of them to try and get in my mind how i'm going to do 
big blocks of them and apply it to characters and get it done really quickly. Yeah. Um, because I I really don't want to spend a lot of time doing them. No. Um, and I've always said with my um, with my wa, it's about just getting a bulk done really quickly, like loads and loads and loads of them. Um, yeah. Because that's what it's about, and it's not about focusing on like, details. And actually. I'm still really chuffed overall with how my army looks. I love it. I'm very, very happy with it. Um, and there's all the experiments across it. So like, some of our earlier listeners may remember that, you know, when I did my Iron Jaws, it was my first foray into airbrushing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all about trying out. So I've really enjoyed that. Um, on the same lines, I really enjoyed a video by Marco Frisoni NJM um, on YouTube, uh, who who did a high quality speed painting Dominion Crawlboys. Um, and he he says that he did the whole unit and the three um, crossbow dudes in four hours. Um, <laughs> if if he did and they look like that, it's pretty cool. Um, but he was doing a lot of, um, but pre-zenithing and then airbrushing and then oil washes. And uh, he does this thing for highlighting, which I don't think I've ever seen anyone else do. But he'll, he'll use an oil paint, painting it on the race area, and then use a cotton wool bud or something to soften it up, a brush to soften it up. So it creates a really fast highlight, which um, I'm not sure I'll try because I, I don't know. I don't have enough oil paints to have a, I'd have to go out and buy a whole load of stuff to do it. Um, but maybe it's worth jumping in with, but um, he uses, he heavily uses oils. So that was quite interesting. <clears throat> and, um, and then moving on for, to a 40K perspective, um, Richard Gray has done two superb videos on um, Grimdark Space Marines. So the first one was the Ultramarine, and then the second one was um, and Imperial Fists, I think. Yeah, and the second one was Imperial Fists. And he applied a method on that, which I, I would never have thought of. And it worked, it works so well. Um, so he starts to lay the, the paint down on the model by stippling with um, what with one of the Artisopus dry brushes. So it gets a, a texture on, and then he highlights in the same way um, with, with this with the stuff. But then he airbrushes over the top of it just to sort of smooth it out. And then he does brush highlighting on the volumes, which sounds like it takes ages, but it only took him like a, you know a couple of hours for the model. Um, which realistically, for a space marine, you know, if you're talking about a couple of three or four hours for a model just painting one, you apply that across the whole unit. You're talking about maybe a, a fortnight to do a 10-man squad, which isn't too bad, I don't think. But the bit I liked about it was that the texture he put down with the stippling on the dry brush, uh, stippling on the, with, with, yeah, with the dry brush, then allowed him to be a little bit more relaxed about how he highlighted it. So it wasn't or didn't all have to be perfectly neatly blended. It could be more like um, pointillism, more stipply. 
and it, it just looks superb, like absolutely superb. The Ultramarine, I just loved it, absolutely loved it. Um, and I really want to do my Ultramarines that way now, which means the two test models that I've done, you're going to have to get stripped. Um, but kind of not bothered about that because um, they've been about testing how to do things and colours to use, etc. Um, and it's just reintroducing, because I've been really thinking a lot about reintroducing dry brushing into how I do things. Um, because of because of another YouTube, another Instagram channel, um, a Space Wolf channel, who does his grey armour for Space Wolves um, using dry brushing. And his page is called Forgotten Wolfen. Um, Forgotten Wolf. Give me a second to bring him up. So yeah, I've been looking at introducing dry brushing into um, how I do, how I approach things again, because it's a really quick technique. It's really fast and you can get loads of bang for your buck out of it. And I was inspired by um, another channel I wanted to shout out called Forgotten Wolf, spelt with a U, Forgotten Wolf. Um, he does some great um, <laughs> like image rendering stuff that makes his models just look absolutely incredible. Um, great conversions. But he he did a he's got like a real nice texture to his armor um, that isn't too in your face and and, and photographs really well. And um, he he did a how do I how I do my armor thing, um, but how do how do, how do I paint my armor? And he dry brushes, and I thought that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Imagine how much time I would have saved doing my space walls had I dry brushed their armor. <laughs> um, so yeah I've been really thinking about it again um, it's, a, it's a way to sort of add in you know, to speed some things up to do some new stuff um, <laughs> probably best not to think about too much how much time you could save no and and I am like in a place where like, with my space walls where I'm quite happy for my newer primary stuff to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably thinking of doing a little bit of how Richard Gray's done his. Yeah. Uh, with a stippling and then airbrushing over the top to try and get that more sort of textured look to them. Um, I could try out on a model first and see whether I Because if I use the same colours, this is the thing, because how I painted my original Primaris versus how I painted my Astartes are different. I've done them both differently. The armor is done differently, um, but because they're the same colors, they work next to each other. Um, if, so I, I think if I use the same colors again, it would it would tie it in. So th this month has been a lot about watching videos and, and planning how I'm going to go ahead. And those people have really, really inspired me. So, you know, Cult of Paint, um, Johan, um, Richard Gray, Forgotten Wolfen, and... Um, and the chappy from YouTube with his four-hour craziness. I am um, just looking at the Combatorian, and have you seen that flipping? That vampire woman? Yeah. That's just mad. That's so nice. Just feels AOS. Feels yeah. it, doesn't it? He's got okay. a lovely way of approaching 
stuff here Han. yeah like really lovely way of approaching stuff um yeah. it, it it manages to remain high fantasy um but have a much more grounded realistic kind of feel to it yeah absolutely really nice really nice cool so um as ever I've dived into uh, the Two Peas Hobby Forum. If you're not on the Hobby Forum, please look it up and um, and jump in. We uh, would be happy to have you. Uh, we have cake, apparently. So Chris Manley uh, found a chocolate chaos cake uh, in co-op and shared it. And I got very excited. So this is going to be the way I'm going to turn everyone to chaos is with cake moving forward. So Chris, thank you for pointing that out. Really, really pleased. Um, Moving on to hobby stuff, I needed to talk about what did I see? That's amazing. That's amazing. That's also amazing. This is obviously really helpful, but I know what I'm looking for. Bobby Clark's door. That is one of the finest doors I have ever seen. Yeah, this is this is wonderful, isn't it? Oh, it's just come out perfectly, hasn't it? Really, really nice. And as I understand it, it's all stuff out of a bits box. I think so, yeah. Which is just great. And it, it just looks like bronze. It's great. I really think that's ace. Really loved that, mate. Um, and I'm not going to go mad this evening, but I also really liked Ash Littleton's, Liddington's, sorry, Merc Knob. Again, I love the skin tone. Like, it's really nice to see aurochs that aren't just green, like in your face green. Yeah. Like there's green, there's green tones there, but it's not like, yeah, I'm green. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I'm, I used to be very much about orcs having like a real greeny green. Um, and the Games Workshop's moved away a little bit towards sort of yellowier paler green haven't they yeah um, but like johan's orc and you know various other orcs i i i'm really loving that more skin tony kind of where well, the green it's is definitely there but it's got more of an a uh, of a lord of the rings sort of orc vibe going yeah um finally james cheese writes vampire really yeah. nice to see that and it's nice just reading through and he's been trying out stuff he says he's trying environmental lighting incidentally i think that looks ace um particularly where it's it's also on the tufts of grass on the bottom um and only eight eight paints on the whole model i, I just think it's really cool i like the sort of bluish color armor as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah sinister going on it's a lovely model isn't it it is, really is. But thank you to everyone who's posted. I'm sorry if uh, if you've posted something out up and I'm shouted out. Um, but you know, lots of really cool stuff. Um, so thank you for for sticking all that up. Yeah, and um, we didn't call it out last time, but we'll call it out this time. Um, the winner of the painting competition, last painting competition, with this incredible Sigvold, is um, with Garrett Hastings Evans, um, who just is becoming an incredible non-metal metallic painter. Very jelly bobs. <laughs> Very jelly bobs. Um, so one last thing to talk about um, before we move on, or two last things to talk about, is that um, everything is, it's Freedom Day. 
was Freedom Day two days before this was released, which means that everyone will be able to go out and about a bit more often. And we would encourage people as much as possible, please support your local hobby places, whatever that is, whether it's Games Workshop, whether it's your local friendly friendly local game store. Um, you know, for us, there's loads around in this area. Um, well, we went up to Curtin recently and had a, a fantastic time. Please support them. It's been a really crappy year for a lot of these people. And just turning up to their shop will make their day um, because a lot of them are so community-based and it's the faces that walk through the door that they do it for. They want, you know, it's the community. They want it. They love it. Um, so please support them. Um, and secondly, it's, you know, just to remind you, the countdown to 40K, 40 hours of 40K, it's in September. Um, don't know the exact, exact weekend of September, obviously we get closer, we will be more pin it down, but um, it's a fantastic event that we're supporting um, to raise awareness for um, CALM, uh, the campaign events Living Miserably, um, and um, men's mental health, particularly um, prevention of suicide. Um, and we'd encourage you to please head over to their Instagram site, have a look at what's going on um, and support them as much as possible. And if you haven't, have a listen to Bobby and Andy on our web, on our uh, podcast last episode where we really got into it about, um, about that kind of the importance of this kind of stuff. Heavy emotional content. Heavy emotional very content. worth talking about. All righty. So should we head on over into... Let's hit the, the wild. wild. Hi guys, and um, welcome to the wilds, the worldy world place, where we're going to talk about Drop Zone Commander, the new loot room stuff, loads of cool stuff. Should we start with Drop Zone Commander, or should I just rant on about loot room again? No, I'll talk about Drop Zone Commander. I'm I'm just ruminating on how much I'm melting. Sorry for the long pause there. Um, yeah, it, so it is ridiculous now. I mean, just to put it a little bit in perspective. Um, my watch currently tells me that this room... Now, I appreciate there is going to be people listening to this in Australia and America who are like, what are those guys wittering about? Um, but my room is currently 29 degrees. i got both of the windows open. Um, and when you're recording with podcasts, you kind of have to have everything shut so that you don't get as little ambient noise as possible. <laughs> so it's it's a bit um, a bit oppressive. And with the headphones on, like... Honestly, they're practically stuck to my head now. <laughs> it's nice. just grim. Um, yeah, unpleasant. So, yeah, Drop Zone Commander. So um, those of you that have listened to the podcast for a while will know that this is a game that I picked up before and I got massively excited about before. didn't play a great deal of it, but built a massive UCM army, um, fairly large Scourge army, wanted to get involved with Hawk. Um, they had like a talents program going at the time uh, through loads of money at the drop fleet Kickstarter. Um, but then ultimately, as often I do, fell off that oh. wagon, got rid of everything, never going to play it again. 
And then I went onto TT Combat's website to have a look for some Necromunda terrain. And on the front page was uh, their starter sets for Drop Zone Commander. <laughs> Princely sum of 30, I think they're 35 pounds from them, but you can get them for 25 on various sites. And it was a lot of models. And I was like, oh, I really like those. And then I was clicking, I was clicking. And then before I knew it, the starter set turned up at my house, which is only 45 quid. And it's got, or was it, yeah, it was 45 pounds. But they were offering, if you bought the starter set for a tenner, you could also get the either the RuneScape or the Cityscape, which is a six by four board with cardboard buildings. And they they are they are better than you might expect when I say cardboard. They they actually look pretty good. The art's really nice. A lot of it's the old hawk stock, to be honest, um, coming through, but they, they do look good. Um and in there you get two forces, you get more than you used to. Um models are sweet. I wanted to base mine, so I've been buying various bases from war bases. Um, just to who incidentally have got a shop now, but it's you know up in Scotland, so it's a bit far for <laughs> travel and have a look. But just pop up. Yeah, just pop up there. Tell um, I was in the car's worth it for some NDF bases. Yeah, so some of the things I've I've sort of noticed. Um the rule book is a lot more user friendly than the last time. Um obviously they've got any less friendly obviously you know they've consolidated things which is is you know one of the things before was that we had multiple books for all the different bits and bobs so a lot of consolidations gone on um which is really good to see um there's rules in there for behemoths which are going to be massive units that are bought in by like drop cradle which is pretty cool and land on stuff and destroy it and destroy buildings so some kind of like titan-esque type thing i suppose um none of those have been released or seen yet but that's quite exciting i love the background i i did anyway but the idea being that humanity has been ousted um from earth and the cradle worlds um and then 160 years later it's back and it wants its land back um but there's also like there's the resistance that were left behind. So they've got a bit of a beef with the UCM humanity. There's the PHR who are like cyborgs, um, the Sheltari, which are the classic aliens. And it's a really fast paced game. Um, everything has to be in a transport. Uh, you know, it's called Drop Zone Commander for a reason. And it links in with Drop Fleet Commander, which is its space game, which is a little different, actually. It's not traditional in as much as it's not set out in deep space. It's set in orbit, so it's like it's those conflicts that occur as they're trying to um, get troops down onto the planet. Um, but they've started adding in like massive battle cruisers that stand off and just hammer things. They've got a real Halo-esque look to them um, in many ways. Uh, they've got some great names. They've got a Rome-class battle cruiser now, mm. which just looks immense. Um, really good models i love the range i love the scale 10 mil scale really love the scale um so yeah i'm you know you're a bit of a fan of 10 mil though aren't you yeah i am i am but it's like everything it's it's finding the time to do it so i think what's going to happen now i'm going to paint the ucm out of it chris is going to paint the scourge so that we can play the game 
because Chris and I have been chatting and Chris loves all different rule sets. Um, you know, he, he's always on about playing this game or the other. And um, so I think we're going to try every couple of months, try something new. So this is obviously on the table, um, as is Infinity, the Code 1, which is the sort of Infinity Light. They've just bought out a new starter set. Looks really good. Um, and again, with terrain in it that you can just set up and get going with. Cool. So yeah, a few exciting things going on um, for the wilds, which is different. You know, don't always have something to talk about. And as I said earlier in the hobby desk, my intention is once I've built Dominion, um, to put it to one side and get the drop zone stuff up together, so it doesn't just become yet another box that doesn't anything doesn't happen with. Um, at some point, I need to do my drowned earth. I bought some new terrain again from tt combat so far i've managed to buy a bunch of stuff from tt combat no no necromother terrain which is why i actually went to buy mm-hmm. um but that's fine um that's not a not a massive problem they just revealed today actually or or in the last couple of days some space stations for drop yeah. fleet which is really cool because one of them's like a heavy gun station but the other one is like a hydroponics thing like where they grow chisel <laughs> yeah so that's quite cool. Um, yeah, I was just I was just having a look at the fleets. They're really nice. I predict, the UCM one is really nice, isn't it? Um, it's got that real kind of military, like hammer blow look to it. I feel. Yeah, it's also got almost an elder sleekness to it as well. It's like some of those sort of swept back fins. Um, I've not I've not really been much of a fan of the drop zone commander models much more a fan of the uh drop fleet commander stuff have to say um but uh interesting uh, joe got me the drop drop zone i think it was commander book um a little while ago i'm not sure if it's the new edition and i enjoyed flicking through that that was quite good fun there's one called um battle for earth hmm that I'd like to get. That's the hardback version with the rules in, but that's got rules to mix the two together. Oh, crop cool. And the, and the crop zone. That's quite cool. So, that yeah. is quite cool. Um, yeah. So, one Luke Studios, been... what have you got from Luke now? <laughs> um, one of the things I've been quite sort of tempted to get stuck into is Crisis Protocol, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm watching the Avengers with Tristan. Um, I love me a bit of Marvel and um, quite fancy painting me up a Captain America, for example. And um, But it's quite expensive. It's not cheap. When something has that kind of IP label, I guess it's not ever going to be cheap. But, um, but the models are really good. Really, really good. Um, really dynamic you know you're not just talking like captain america is in a captain america pose i know that sounds ridiculous but you know sometimes you get like models which just don't look right whereas all of the models that come in the crisis protocol status kit they look like snapshots from the movie and it's like you were saying when you're painting lord of the rings stuff or painting whatever you know if you have the Avengers theme tune on when you're playing a game of Crisis Protocol, it's just it's good and good. Yeah. It, so, uh, Luke, Luke, go ahead. 
no it's all right mate it's just like i'm sorry i know i should pay more attention i do apologize but I just, I just, games workshop you are still having to queue to get on their website it's half past 10 at night here obviously it's crazy isn't it? Mm. um loot studio mm. have... oh they've expanded the tavern haven't they They've done a fair bit, yeah. So this month's Loot Studio um, was um, pretty cool. It had um, kobolds in, kobolds riding things, um, which I've never seen a good kobold model that I actually liked. Um, but I have now, because they've done a cracking job with them. Yeah. And um, But that's not the most exciting thing. The most exciting thing is that they've expanded the tavern yeah, which is like the starters, free starter stuff, and so now you have a um, a couple of other things in there, including the doorway. So if you free pre- freely printed some walls and a floor, you now have the doorway, the bar, the um, there's loads, the tables, um, the fireplace, and just to really hit home. You remember I said like the mysterious man leaning back on the stool smoking the pipe looked a lot like Strider. They've released a couple of new models, and one of them is a hobbit falling over, a halfling in inverted commas, falling over on the table, which is how Frodo reveals yeah. himself as the, you know, in the book. So they've clearly gone with that vibe. Um, but there's some really cool models. There's in a there. drunk man as well, isn't there? That's like lying down over the table. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, there's two people singing with their with their mugs. Um, yeah. That's great. Just a great set. Um Really, really cool for like um, for like role playing, in. you know, because the tavern can be like there's always a tavern. There has to be a tavern. You've got to stay somewhere at some point, and you know it can be a little bit. Oh, I've gone to the tavern, or I'm gonna have a room, or and you try and make it a little bit more interesting. But you know, actually, it could it, with that set, if you built yourself a little tavern and got it out every time and be like, yeah, this is a tavern. Um, it could be like the highlight of the game, couldn't it? Yeah, mm. and you could add like little encounters and different characters to chat to, and yeah, to change it up. And, yeah. You know, they would come in and have a look. Uh, you know, and there was a model in there that they didn't recognise. You'd be like, "Oh, who's that?" Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, really, I'm really loving it. I'm loving it a lot. Um, but they've also announced a new project. Um, oh yes. Which we haven't got much information all about, but it's... So the worlds that they've been doing for their standard loot rooms have been the sort of role-play worlds that you were all kind of used to. So there's very much Dungeons & Dragons, very much Call of Cthulhu. You know, the monsters are straight out of the monsters' manuals. Um, and that's ace because, you know, building up that kind of collection of things to play those models for a role-playing game is uh is really cool yeah um, because i can't think of another range of cthulhu models that are anywhere near as good as the cthulhu models that they've got i can't think of many dungeons and dragons models that are as good as the ones that they're producing either i'm happy to be corrected on that but i, I really can't um so it's quite exciting but this new this new one is a viking-esque world um that they're saying they've kind of built from the ground up and there's going to be some cool stuff so it's very much the kind of fantasy viking 
rather than the historical Viking. But we all love a bit of Fenrisian, don't we? Really, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, quite excited to see where that goes. The the model that they previewed for it is like a a Jarl um, with his bloody great axe. Um, so could could be cool. Could be really really cool. And um, I, it's going to be a struggle to decide whether or not to add that in, if it is added in, or whether it's already part of the subscription, or whether they allow you to bolt on, like pay an extra two pounds or something. I might that, consider that's it. what I would expect. It seems like a lot of effort to go to just to give it away. Yeah, unless they're not. You know, unless they feel they're going to wrap up the other. I I really thing. I'd be upset if they did. Yeah, I can't see it myself. I'm just because I've really really enjoyed that. It's it's like waiting for your exam results every first of every month on their on their website. Click and refresh, waiting for the new models to come out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's quite. I'm really excited about it. And like we've discussed before, with 3D printing, it's not just about having the models. That you could print if you needed them it's about all the little components that they yeah. have um uh, and the this range is all that all of them are released in 54 and 32 mil scale so for example there is a dwarf with his hands on his weapon that yeah, could I love that. so easily be expanded up to be a dwarven statue um you just have to sort of covering a little bit of sand or whatever to sort of blend out a few things so and it would look great look absolutely great um so there's loads of uses for it um so if you haven't i'm, I'm still going to shout them out because that's they're still the most exciting thing for me outside of um outside of the games workshop releases but consistently exciting because i i haven't had a month yet um because I was a little bit nervous about going all in on a subscription for 3D printed stuff because I've, there's always been a few that I quite liked in the past, like um, um, Atlantis Miniatures did a Wood Elf range, for example, um, which are now on sale, by the way, and they're gorgeous. It was a Kickstarter and it's now just on their website and go and have a look at them because they're fab. Um, but I uh, I went in on it and and I said to myself, if I get two months where I'm not happy, I'm going to drop out. And I haven't even remotely come close. Not even close. There hasn't been a single month where I haven't got excited and sent you every picture and gone, damn, look at these. So, yeah, very happy with it. Very happy indeed. It is awesome. It is awesome. I love it as well it's like like you said it's just a great resource to be building up yeah yeah if only they printed faster bigger printer so right well with that in mind well i don't know why with that in mind but i'm not off to print anything i think we're about there we are about there you can find us as always on the uh, at the two peas podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, if you type in the two peas podcast on YouTube, it will bring us up. I'm not going to remember the the URL for that; it's ludicrous. Um, and it's been 
pleasure having you along guys and we'll see you for episode 70 70 wow cool mm. thanks very much guys um have a great month or so and uh if you've got any comments or or questions please pop them on any of the social medias guys have a great evening bye, bye.